This is the Flames Up Close podcast with Ryan Leslie in partnership with Metro News. Yes, welcome to the Flames Up Close podcast brought to you by Metro News. Very pleased to welcome in our new guest and the member, the, the newest member of the Calgary Flames, Mr. Curtis Lazar. Curtis, how are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, we're great. Listen, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Uh, I can't imagine what kind of a whirlwind it's been, and I want to get into a couple of different things, but I guess I just want to today kind of talk about a fresh start. You've been very candid about that and how uh, being here was so big, but I want to go back maybe to where it all started for you and where we kind of pick up uh, on the radar, and that's up in Edmonton. You remember the Oil Kings, a a successful junior career that would go into the World Junior Championships. When did you start to know that you were going to be, you know, hockey was going to be your life full-time? Yeah, that's that's a tough question to answer. Uh, You know, you look at the odds and everyone talks about how hard it is to make the NHL, and there's, you know, I've always set my mind to it, and a big motto here is, you know, they're... You, know, you focus on plan A and you don't even think about plan B because it's, it's a distraction and I've always had that mindset growing up and the question I always get is well what you'd be doing if you weren't playing hockey well honestly I don't know because hockey was my life and that's what I put my all my focus into but you know I, I played with uh, kids in 94 born I mean I 95 so kids older than me growing up and we got to hitting hockey this was in a seminar minor hockey and uh, there was a big you know they had few meetings and stuff for what they're going to do with me if I was allowed to continue or not and uh, they held me back a year uh, really? just for uh, you know again it wasn't really fair for the kids of that age I mean I would have took a roster spot in the rep team and the hitting there's the safety side involved the, you know the kid too young to play hitting hockey and I mean I was fully ready for it I wanted that challenge but I didn't get it and so then they held me back that year so it was my third year at them and I put up I think 350 points or something and like I really I you know, big big part of that season really was the leadership side that I, I got to instill in my team and, you know, do some exercise and to kind of figure out that game and that's when it kind of clicks that okay, like I have a chance to, to be successful. And then like you talk about is very fortunate to be drafted by the Oil Kings. Uh, we had three fifty one seasons around there. Uh, went to the WHL finals all three years. We won it twice. Um, went to Memorial Cup twice, my first and third year, and with the third year capping it off with uh, you know a national championship. And what did that mean to you? Sort of jump in, but what did that national championship mean to you personally? Oh, it's it's huge. Um, you look at the Memorial Cup. That's one of the toughest trophies to yeah. win in all of sports because I mean, you have the Western League, you have the Ontario League, and the Quebec League. I mean, there's about sixty teams throughout the country. Uh, you have to win your league, and then you go into a, a tournament. Which I mean, the format and stuff. You, you play the tournament over and over. I mean, you're going to get a different winner every time. And but uh, you know, to win it our third year, we uh, you know, we're just a hardworking hockey team. And I I don't think many people expected us to go to the second round of the WHL playoffs, right. let alone win the whole thing. And you know, to get there and then. We had a lot of, uh, you know, experience from the Memorial Cup a couple years back that we, uh, I think we had nine returning guys or so that we were able to, you know, use the feedback and relay the, the information throughout our locker room. And we played the, the number two ranked uh, Guelph Storm in the finals. And, you know, we, we knew that if we, we got up on them, then we'd be able to hold down the fort. And that's exactly what we did. Um, my head coach there, Derek Laxtall, was big in making me the player I was. And he did a great job just in that game specifically, uh, breaking down Guelph and telling us what to do and how to counter uh, their plays. Wow. And then from there, I mean, we see you as a you know member of Team Canada. And you go on and you win gold with uh, the Maple Leaf. I mean, what did that do for you personally? That was huge. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be part of World Juniors t- twice. Uh, my first year there... That was very disappointing. Um, we played over in Malmo. We finished fourth. Uh, you know, it just it didn't go well, and it left a, 
you know, a sour taste in my stomach and my mouth. And I just, I want another crack at it. And I was very lucky to then make the jump to the NHL the next year. And uh, there's the big question, like, okay, well, are they going to send him back or not? And leading up to it, I, you know, you kind of see my ice time going down a bit in December. And I'm like, okay, like, and I wanted that opportunity to go. You did, eh? Yeah. Like, as great as the NHL was, you were like, I gotta, I've got some unfinished business here in junior? Yes, and, uh, you know, the team was awesome, too. Uh, being able to go back and forth with Brian Murray, um, you know, the coaching staff as well, uh, you know, Dave Cameron there, Paul McLean uh, throughout, and those guys, they helped me out, too, and they wanted the best for my development. And, and I looked at it as, you know, you're Canadian growing up, you always watch the World Juniors to be a or get the chance to play on home soil in you know, Toronto, Montreal, that's pretty special. And uh, it was also, that was the one thing I wasn't, or haven't accomplished at the junior hockey level. And, uh, you know, to tick that off, was it's pretty good for the resume, too. But, yeah. uh, no, I remember sitting down there, and uh, they, they said that, okay, you're, we're going to send you there. And I was happy because in the long run, I mean, it's two weeks out of a hopefully 15-year NHL career. Right? It's just a little margin, I guess, that will really go a long ways. And very happy we did it. Uh, we had an incredible team, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It's great that you can sort of have that perspective that you can say, listen, the NHL looks like it's going to be there. Uh, I've got to deal with this now. I, I think that's fantastic. Now, I, I was told i got to ask you about the Christmas gift exchange uh, at the World Juniors. Uh, is there a good story there? <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> is, guys is that are, for another uh, well, episode? I mean, I can't even think back to that. It's, I mean, the Hockey Canada thing, a big part is, yeah. you know, you have players from all across the country coming together, and usually, you know, with the Hockey Canada, one of the staff members dresses up as Santa and another as an elf, and we get our gifts. And, and gag gifts, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's the team right. bonding part is, you know... Uh, getting this, the secret Santa type deal and I I mean you're getting gifts and you know you really get to learn about one another which is the right. whole purpose and forget, uh, forget who I got but whoever it was just got traded at the time so you know I, I picked him up a nice suitcase and something like that and uh, I actually think it was Zach Fukali that's like uh, he just got traded uh, and yeah so I got him a suitcase and the kid, he, he runs his mouth a lot in a, in a good he, way. He's a very positive guy, but again, he, he doesn't shut up. So I got him some uh, duct tape to, to shut his mouth. So, you know, just stuff like that. Like, yeah. you have fun with it, and you, you get to take little jabs at each other. As you say, that's what brings you guys close together. Obviously, you're going to go into battle together, and you, you get so close over that short period of time. Um, and then you get into Ottawa, and uh, you're a 17th overall pick, uh, first round. Uh Things are looking good. Uh, you've come in with a really complete resume. You've got a really neat opportunity in front of you. Maybe just take us through uh, those early moments as an Ottawa senator. We're going to get to why you're here, but just as uh, your early on NHL uh, memories were what? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, it's your first taste of pro hockey. At the yeah. time, I'm, I'm 19 years old, and I'm kind of in that gray area where, you know, do they send me back to junior, whereas I literally just won everything. There wasn't much else for me to accomplish or to keep me in the NHL. So you, you go through your nine-game tryout. Uh, never forget my first game out in Nashville. Uh, just sitting there in the anthem, and Paul McLean leading over to me says, it's the same game, just play. And, uh, you know, that's easier said than done as I stepped on the ice, I toe-picked. Yeah, and then you skate out, and then you earn the... The offensive zone, and then you start to settle. But you know, a couple of shifts later, um, got the puck in the middle, and uh, well, the next thing you know is Anton Volchenkov stepping up on me. He just levels me, and you know that was kind of my welcome to the NHL moments. But you know, I played well enough to to stay with the team. And like we said, there's you go through the ups and downs. Uh, you know, you're quite wide eyes. You know, you're lining up against you know Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin. Like it's were you phased, or were, was your mindset at that time, uh, hey, this is just another game, and I know who these guys are, and I belong, or were you still 19 and in awe? I, I was in awe, you know, you can honestly say that, um, you know, the first time you play them, it's, you kind of, you have to respect them, but then also 
you can't give them too much time or space or else they're going to get burnt. So those first games uh, against pretty much every team around the league, but they're pretty special, um, pretty cool. And after that, then it does just become a game. I'm, I'm close to playing almost 200 games, so it becomes a habit. But, uh, you know, my first year there, uh, again, the World Juniors helped me out big time in the confidence, uh, allowed me to kind of hit my stride in the, the second half of the year. And that's when uh, the Hamburglar came about for us. So Andrew Hammond uh, stood tall. I mean, we, we just couldn't that lose. Was sensational. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a heck of a thing that just, that just snowballed. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm kind of known for that one game where they throw hamburgers on the ice, I picked it up and ate it, and so, you know, I didn't have a problem ordering dinner anytime I went out in Ottawa after that. Is You had a burger sponsorship, did you? Well, not really, but everyone went out their way to order me a burger, which it, it was good, but just for the people to hop on our bandwagon there, uh, you know, to make the playoffs, get that experience as well, and that would kind of, you know, my three or two and a half years, I guess, in Ottawa, that was my time where I played my most solid hockey, and, you know, I look back at that first year as a, a great time. Uh, like I said, you get that experience that not many people get playing in the, the playoffs, and uh, you know I'm very thankful for that. Who, who was kind of your, uh, I don't know if it's inspirations too touchy-feely, but who was kind of either your mentor, maybe took you under their wing, or maybe had that bit of advice for you that really allowed you in that first year in those early going, early days, to really settle in? Uh, yeah, well, again, the, the whole team's... Uh, sure. You know, a bunch of awesome guys, but the, the one guy that always stood out to me was Chris Phillips. Really? Uh, he actually uh, reached out and allowed me to live with him and his family the first year, so mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he has three kids of his own, uh, you know, little son and uh, two little girls. And I always got to play the big brother card with them, which, I mean, coming home for the rink and being able to go outside and throw the football with them or play tag or you know, go and watch their figure skating and just being a part of the family was awesome. Uh, his wife is a sensational cook too, so to be able to kind of watch her and shadow her and, you know, to be fueled up properly, but also Chris. I mean, you look at the, the career he had in Ottawa playing the most games uh, for the for the team and franchise history and what he meant to the community was big and being able to see him as a professional at the rink, but also a father at home. It, it really helped me out and, you know, being able to pick his brain here and there about, you know, questions I had and stuff. Uh, it was a uh, very worth my time and I can't thank their family enough. That's got to be an interesting time for any young man to, to go away. You're used to it because junior, you're away from your own home and I get it, the billets and you're kind of adjusting but now it goes to a whole new level. We've got a 19 year old here in, uh, in Matthew Kachuk obviously we, you know, 18 year olds here and uh, we've seen that and it has got to be tough to, but that has to help transition. It doesn't going in with another family or having some family around. I mean was that tough for you to be, now you're out east, you know, you're a western boy. Was, was that a tough transition for you? Yeah, it, it was, and that's a big reason why I wanted to, to live with the families. I kind of right. looked at it like another billet situation. Uh, it's it's funny how it worked out, too, is, you know, it, it was a big family. They're quite busy, just like uh, my family back home. I mean, I got two brothers and a, a sister, you know, all younger than me back in B.C. as well, and it, it kind of... You know, it reflected on my time with them, and it made me really comfortable knowing that you know things were quite quite chaotic at times. But that's just how I liked it, and I knew I wasn't quite ready to live on my own in my first year. And you know, for them to open up their home and to uh, let me come in, it, it you know it really does mean a lot to me. Did you feel the weight of being a first round pick? Was that ever a thing on you? I mean, I know you kind of were insulated a bit with some other talented players, but did you feel that first round pressure? Always, yeah. always, yeah. And I mean. Playing in a Canadian market too is a big right. thing, and you know I love uh, you know the media attention and stuff. Like people care, and that's how it should be. It's this exact same here in Calgary. And I mean, I'm I'm happy to be here. But you look at first rounders now, and I mean, surely like, the first overall guys. I mean, the McDavid's, the Matthews, like they're they're franchise players. But you go throughout the the first round, is everyone thinks that those players should be or be making an offensive impact as soon as possible. And with me, is 
No, I've always played the 200 foot game. I take a lot of pride in my defensive play. I love killing penalties and stuff like that. And that, uh, you know, slid me into a bottom six role uh, right away. And I, uh, you know, I played in the shutdown line for you know, the second half of the year there in Ottawa. And so Which helps you. Doesn't grow as a, as a young player. You learn the ins and outs pretty quick in, in those types of roles. Big time. Uh, and, you know, just for confidence wise, uh, you know, going against the top players, I mean, seeing that Sidney Crosby hops on the ice, well, then having that task of jumping out there and shutting him down, uh, it makes the game fun. And, uh, you know, you know, to be the best is you got to beat the best. And I really had that opportunity. But, yeah, and so, you know, if they would have liked more numbers or kind of boost my offense, then, of course, they could have played me in the top six or, you know, gave me a little power play time. But, you know, I know you pay your dues and you grind away, and it's uh, it just hasn't come yet. Yeah, and because you have had success at every level, I'm assuming your mindset is the same. As you say, maybe it just hasn't come yet. You you get a trade. I guess I should ask you about about the trade or the, the need or the want to be traded. You were, you were forthright about it. You said you had asked for it. Um, where did that need come from, if I can ask you that? Why did you feel you, you needed a, a new destination? Yeah, the, the tough part was, I mean, loyalty is a big part of my life. And, you know, I never wanted to give up the Ottawa Senators. And, you know, they didn't want to give up on me. But things just weren't uh, working out. You know, we kind of seemed to be on different wavelengths. Um, I, I worked so hard this past summer to, you know, make an impact. Uh, we had the new coaching staff come into Ottawa with completely new systems, and I was very excited for, you know, the role and responsibility that they had, uh, you know, penciled in for myself. And that's when, you know, things kind of go sideways is literally two weeks before having to go to Ottawa, I get diagnosed with mononucleosis. And from there, I mean, that's two months of just, you know, I lost about 30 pounds. You're on bed rest. You're kind of you're hanging weak. out. And you're just weak too, yeah. right? all the time. Yeah, and you know, it, it takes a while to get back. And I was able to get well enough where, you know, I felt good. I was skating right before the, the regular season. But then again, my spleen, I think, was one centimeter too enlarged. And, you know, if, if that burst, then you bleed out. And, you know, that's the end of things. So you, you can't mess around with that. And, you know, then we talked to, I sat down with the coaching staff and the management. We agreed that the best thing for me was to go down to the American League, which... And that's another thing that uh, I really enjoyed doing was you did it. It was my, my first chance of playing in uh, the American League. Uh, again, you got more ice time, get my confidence up, find that scoring touch or, you know, generate chances. Uh, and it was, it's kind of funny looking back on that time because, again, we're a new, pl- or a new team with, uh, again, a new coach down there. We're yeah. trying to implement the system that centers have. And, you know, we, we didn't have that good of a record. We didn't play that well. But so it kind of was tough, but. I, I really enjoyed it and you know seeing that the bus rides that the guys have and stuff reminded me of my junior days and uh, really makes me appreciate the NHL and uh, you know I worked my way to get a call up and uh, from there just I, I never got the opportunity I was stapled to the fourth line uh, limited minutes uh, and that's when the the mental breakdowns kind of happen is you know you lose the self-belief that's a big thing the confidence goes out the door and you know I watch my game and you know I just was making mistakes that uh, you were you could look at your game objectively and say I kind of know why I'm on this fourth line or I know why I'm on this bench. Yeah, well, you know, that's the double-edged sword that I always said is, uh, you know, there got to a point where I did snap once, I think it was early December, and, you know, people, there's an argument of which way you look at it is I wanted the coach to give me a chance in a different role to show him that I can handle it because, you know, I did it a couple years ago and stuff. Like, it's not out of my character. But then, you know, in his defense is, well, I have to prove it. And, you know, well, going back, he says, well, playing four minutes a night doesn't give me that chance. So you can look at it both ways. But uh, then you look at some of the mistakes, like I said, is, you know, I'm, I'm turning pucks over the middle and they're up in the back of our net and then 
you just said, well, I wouldn't play myself either. And, you know, that's very uncharacteristic of me. And, uh, you know, things just kind of spiraled out of control. Uh, I've been working with psychologists quite a bit this season. I even got to a point where I was working with a hypnotist. Just really? tr try something else. Just wow. I was desperate for anything. And I never could get in that right frame of mind. And that's when, you know, I thought the best thing for me was a fresh start. And I was fully prepared to you know grind the season out as a healthy scratch in ottawa for the rest of the year with the deals that they made and kind of focus on next season already but you know they didn't want to hold me up as much as you know they have so far and i'm very thankful for that i respect the organization a lot and uh, i i was able to land on my feet here in calgary which is you know the team at the top of my list where i wanted to go fantastic well i just want to just one more point on that topic that you brought up uh, as far as the psychologist were you struggling because you had had success and for the first time, now you weren't having it and you just, the mechanics were all wrong? Or was there something else at play? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. You know, you kind of look at it, uh, again, the whole health side, like you're still thinking, like, well, is it still the mono and stuff? Well, I'm, right. I feel 100% now. It's, you know, I can't really lean on that or use that as an excuse. I mean, I'm never going to use excuses either. And But, yeah, like you said, is you know, just the confidence that was going. And yeah. I... Every time you step on the ice, it was full on, you know, sink or swim. I was in full on survival mode, and that's not a way you're going to be able to succeed. Uh, and then you get out there, and you know, I just wasn't getting the bounces either. Um, remember, I, I hit a few posts, or you know, the penalty kill, I go, I block a great shot, and you know, it's sacrifice for my team. Well, the puck would go off my leg to their their guy back door wide open, like little things that you don't really have the control over. It kind of just happened, and that was that domino effect. But I know for myself as well. And then, you know. That's where I got the point where you know I had to reach out to you know my parents, uh, my my agency, and just you know everyone for any support because you know it wasn't fun going to the rink anymore. And I'm a big advocate. I mean, you guys will get to know my smile and my passion for the game is I have fun and that's why I play. And you know the hockey just wasn't fun this season. You mentioned the hypnotist. You mentioned the psychologist. Parents, uh, your agency. Was there a moment or somebody who was able to sort of put things in perspective for you, or did it just have to come from within? Uh, well, obviously the parents are the big one, yep. uh, but then again, is you know when I start talking to them and you know I'm I'm down in Florida playing with them and they're in BC, like it's it's not like I can see them all the time, but sure. still. And then you know that's when they kind of got concerned, and we also flirted with the idea of you know, going back and forth with my agency. Is you know what if I just go home for a leave of absence? Just kind of completely wipe the slate clean and just have a mental reset because, like I said, I wasn't in a healthy place there. But you know talking to my parents was big, but then. Uh, my agent JP Berry reached out to a Ryan Walter, you know the, sure. the, the former NHL player, yeah. and I've been talking and working with him, uh, you know, for a few weeks now, and you know he just seems to get me. Uh, again, his experience as an NHL pro really helped me out, and just the way he looks at stuff. So he's, uh, you know, the primary guy that I work on. I, I talk to him once or twice a week, and just kind of, you know, build the game. But you know, and like I said, it's just a fresh start too, is being yeah. here in Calgary. Uh, you know, I just sat down with. Uh, you know, head coach, their goalie, and he said like he wants me here. He's a big reason and advocate for the trade. And as same with uh, Mr. Tree Living is they want me here. They see me as a part of the future. And you know that's always uh, you know good to hear because it does help build your confidence. And uh, you know I I'm chomping at the bits to get in the game to kind of show people that okay he uh, he still has it. We are in conversation with Curtis Lazar here on the Flames Up Close podcast, brought to you by Metro News. We'll take a break and we'll come on back. Metro, the official media partner of Flames Up Close. You can find the Metro newspaper all over the city every weekday. And you can also check metronews.ca for the most complete local news in Calgary, as well as some fantastic national, international lifestyle and sports coverage. Metro is your essential daily briefing. Okay, let's get back to the conversation.
You just mentioned it a moment ago, and that was uh, that fresh start. Uh, and you also mentioned that you're just jumping at the bit. And I can't imagine the trade, the emotions, everything running high. But now you're putting in the work. You're staying a little longer at practice. So you're going back to the hotel. You are getting to know your teammates. How has this been given that you're not playing right now? Well, then again, I mean, there, there are times in Ottawa where I wasn't playing either. So I'm kind of used to it. That maybe got you prepared. Always. Bit, yeah. Always. Um, you know, nobody wants to be a healthy scratch. But you said you look at the team. I mean, we're the hottest team in the league right now. We've won seven in a row. Yeah. And I know I'm not going to get in until we lose a game. So that's I said I will be completely fine with not playing until next season because that means we win out and we're, we're holding that Stanley Cup above our heads. So, I mean, that's, you know, chances of that happening, they're, they're almost impossible. I know that. But uh, like I said, once I get that opportunity, I'll be good. But the guys have been outstanding as well. There's a very good... Uh, no feeling in that locker room. I love the vibes. The guys are outstanding. Um, you know, they're young too, which I always, you know, it's easier for me to relate with. And just, uh, I mean, I've been here a week now and finally, you know, you can exhale, uh, you know, start checking things off the list. But, uh, you know, to be a part of the Calgary Flames, I said, put in the work after practice and get a feel for things. It, it feels really good. I can't imagine what, it, as you said, a double-edged sword because uh, you want in. Let's make no mistake, you're a professional hockey player. You want to play. As great as the feelings are in the room right now, you want to be a part of it, but you don't want it to be at the expense of losing or, or negativity. So it, I kudos to you for being a pro and saying that because it's got to take, it's got to test you a little bit to, to be a part of it, but not to be a part of it on the ice during a game. I I can't imagine how challenging that is. Yeah, no, it, it is tough. I mean, everyone's selfish. You know, as yeah. much as you deny it, you that's, have to be, that's, don't you? Yeah, that's to what people are. I mean, yeah. that doesn't just apply to hockey either. That's life. And, you know, the way I look at it, though, in my time in Ottawa, too, is you have to control the controllables. And I know nothing but team success. I'll, I'll always sacrifice my personal stats as long as it means we're winning games. And that's how I judge my performances. So I have a good game. Well, if we won the game, then, you know, I did enough to get the job done. And, so that's what I mean is I love seeing the guys, uh, you know, the more they're winning, the better they're playing. I mean, the team's firing on cylinders. It's fun to watch, and it allows me to, is I'm a visual learner, so when I'm sitting there, just, I get to watch the guys, you know, identify where my role is going to be and, you know, get used to the system and the structure, and that's only going to set, me up, just set myself up for more success once I do get that chance. And, you know, again, this, I can't wait to go up there and just, you know, work. That's going to be my my identity is they're going to work hard and you know if I can pot a couple goals here there and then really get the ball rolling then I feel I'll have a really successful career here in Calgary are you getting the systems down now I mean about a week but it's it can't be too foreign but it's probably a little bit of different intricacies for you, are you do you feel up to speed as far as uh, what Glenn wants yes big time yeah. uh they play quite the traditional style I mean it's really simple uh very aggressive and tenacious on the puck, which is right up my alley because yeah. there, there are times in Ottawa where we played a hard trap where you, you notice yourself slowing up and then that's where you start thinking instead of just doing. And right. so the systems in here, they're going to help me out even more. It's going to you know, remove that hesitation in my game that I, I've struggled with in the past. And I'm just going to go out there and move. And, you know, I am going to make mistakes too. That's going to happen. As you look at, I'm a 22 year old kid, and that's what the the organization talks about. Is this move is it's not about a rental or you no, know, just for trying to get me on the run this season. This is a a long run move, and I'm appreciative for that because I feel that I have lots to offer not only now but hopefully you no know, 10 years down the road. Who are you closest with on this team? I know you have some relationships with some of these guys. You've mentioned uh, obviously playing with Chase on. You mentioned you know Versteeg and Monahan. You go back with, but is there a guy that you've found since you've been here that? I'm kind of gravitating or hanging around uh, this guy more than... Yeah, uh, you know, all the guys have been awesome. You know, they're always lending a helping hand and help me out. Uh, they're joking around and stuff too. And I mean, I do have a lot of friends in Calgary that go to school here. So you see them, but within the dressing room, uh, 
you know, Michael Backlund's probably the one guy that's always stood out to me. You guys um, just went to dinner, is that right? Yes, yeah. So we have the same agency. So again, he, we went out for dinner with him, but you know, just being able to talk to him and stuff. And you know, he got off to a little bit of a rocky start in his career and just how he persevered through it. So, you know, we went and we hung out with the, the kids at the Special Olympics last night and we played a little floor hockey with them. And, you know, I see what he means to, to the community and it's very cool. But then uh, then again, you look on the ice and you got Michael Selke flying around out there. And, and that's cool too. So I don't I, know if he likes that term, does he? No, but no, it sure is funny. Again, he's, <laughs> he's, he's humble. Yeah. He's humble. And that's another strength of him is he yeah. just goes out there, goes about his business. And you look at the impact he's had on this team. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Remarkable, and you know that's someone that I am going to shadow, and you know he's a, a good mentor and a role model for myself. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, here's a guy, as you said, uh, and we had him on this podcast, and he said, you know what? There was a time when I was told this might be my last NHL contract. I might not be in this league if I don't make some changes. And look at him go now. I mean, this is a guy who, boy, I, I don't know if you recall this, but he was a guy that was on trade talks, and everybody in the city was like, what? he was almost. A division you either wanted him to stay or it was it was polarizing it was fantastic to watch and now you couldn't get him out of here and this is again a first rounder as well yeah and well that's exactly it um yeah. you know i remember watching him when he came over to play with the clone rockets yeah. uh so that's yeah i don't think he likes talking about that because it kind of ages him a little <laughs> bit does. but uh no it's the same thing in auto i mean i love the the people there, the fan base but you know yeah. you have those people that you know they can't get ready fast enough but then there's also people that are saying well this trade's gonna come back to bite us and that's that's enough motivation for myself is knowing that or hoping that this fresh start is all I need to to get my career rolling and I'm hoping that here in Calgary I, I can call it home for numerous years and I can have a very successful career as a flame well there's a lot of people rooting for you and uh, it's funny one of our colleagues in this business uh, always even going back to junior I don't know if you ever heard the nickname but he always called you the smiling assassin and <laughs> that's pretty uh, really good yeah he called you that I remember in the junior days and and you touched on it the other day when you came to town and he said I want to get the smile back I want to have the fun back and I'm hoping it's coming for you I think there's a lot of people rooting for you and I know that room is a good place to be right now thanks for uh, spending a little time with us and uh, continued success here Calgary. Thank you. Appreciate it. There he is, Curtis Lazar, our guest on the Flames Up Close podcast brought to you by Metro News.